la 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 la. Insert deep, meaningful metaphor that is thrown off by the insane redundancy of the prose here. La 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 la. Connect metaphor to a statement. Insert more phrases between the clouds. Sorry, viewers. I really couldn't wait to do that long intro that no one really cares about. Viewers, we have more important and interesting news. This relates to the scientist. You remember that creature, that blockheaded and stupid Celia Thompson, who is still very mad at me for even hinting at her in this show, brought up with her after she fell down a wormhole? Like, honestly, what an amateur mistake. Everyone knows you don't go down the right paths when you're falling. Like, wow. Had to be from her uncle's side. Celia's mom is probably, should be, muttering. Everyone knows you go down the right paths is a mistake from the uncle. And if you go down the left, it's from the aunt. Anyways, the scientist wasn't giving more information about its home, a place below the buffs. I was there for some of the questioning and got Robert to lay off because I was pretty sure that if he continued at his rate, the creature would have a cardiac arrest. Of course, Robert was on easy mode, so I've deduced that scientists are naturally frail and fragile creatures. I will have to wait till I have more scientists to experiment on, but as for now, that is my assumption. Actually, now that I think of it, if these scientists are somehow superior beings, which they must be in some sense to have hidden a place from our knowledge, then they know how to increase their heart rate and act. So they could very well pretend that they were mortally terrified, but all the while were secretly spies. Unless, of course, they knew we would think this way. So they sent up a person who was not a scientist, but would pretend to be one. Viewers, I've come to the conclusion that we cannot come to trust anything the scientist says without first I account some trusted sources. I'm really glad I insisted on the microchip now. Oh yeah, so microchip, with a camera and audio of course, was put into the creature. I'm not calling it a scientist as it may not be one. And we are currently sending the creature down to the wormhole. Celia is doing the honors of transporting the scientist. I really wish y'all could see her face. She looks absolutely mortified. And she's probably listening to me now because a strange flush appeared on her face. Dear old Celia is embarrassed, it seems. Oh, carry on, Celia. I mean no harm. Ugh. Uh, that was quite the aerial turn. And shade of green on the creature's face. You know, I, I, I could almost pity the creature now. Celia is quite the show-off when it comes to winged performances. Anyways, while Celia takes the scientist down, we'll go to other news. Radio stations don't dream, and stars are non-existent, have decided to take the fact that the feast has still not happened into their own hands. Meaning that at this very moment, or to According to our wonderful and exact reporters, they are kidnapping the cooks of the South Side from their homes. 
according to this very real report in front of me and not the scene that is unfolding before me. They are entering homes and asking the cooks to come outside to talk about something, ranging from health insurance to the color of water. Outside, the cooks are ambushed and taken away. Well, would you look at that? The police are arriving! Gee, wonder what must have alerted them. However, a number of cooks have already been kidnapped. The list of names will be posted onto everyone's screens by Gerard, who has come back and still has not paid me back for my coffee. Apparently, he drank it on the way down. Ah, we are descending near the ground. Not, not us, of course. Celia and the so-called scientist, who is looking as green as seaweed. Celia is holding the creature over the wormhole and... Oh, wow. Wow, Celia. Sending in an astral projection of yourself to drop the creature back to its home? Yeah, now she's bolting back up here, pumping those wings of hers. What a freaking coward. Gee, Celia, do a flip. Aerial acrobatics. Something more interesting than flying away. You've got to give a good impression. Or I guess like your astral projection needs to give a good impression. But no, you're too scared. Maybe that's why you've never paid me back. Ah. Okay, that was a rough transition for the audio. You know, there's always a bit of backlash whenever you hack something. Okay, uh, I think we're good now. Now, let's see. Uh, there seems to be a lot of high-pitched shrieking down here below the buffs. Wait, I don't think that's the creature. I don't think the screams are coming from the creature. Like, some of it definitely is. But not all. There seems to be some very symboly noises too, like maybe a gong? Wait, 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 what is going on? The video screen is rather dark, uh, though there seems to be torchlights in the distance. Egg, how disgusting. I can spot this creature covered in this nasty green, and the other seems to be covered in, I'll say it's mustard. I was gonna say it was a certain waste product, for that is what it truly looks like. But I suppose some viewers may be eating. Uh, the creature is screaming loudly, so it is making it quite hard to decipher what the other screams are saying. Holy! <coughs> These creatures are disgustingly naked, viewers. Sure, they have clothes, or the barest requirement of the basest understanding of the concept of clothes. None have marks, viewers. None. At all. I thought the creature who called itself a scientist was alright, you know, because it was one being. This is rather overwhelming. <sighs> ah, uh, um, okay, let's see. So, the creature is being dragged off the pile of entangled limbs? The, it seems to be a site of a, a massacre. I swear, Celia sent it to the wrong wormhole. Oh, uh, the creature is now screaming different dictations and pleading, 
It wasn't me, I swear. All the while being dragged by horrid monsters. The monsters' mouths occupy most of their faces, and from this view you can only see their long, yellowed, and bloody teeth, little obsidian eyes that have no warmth, no life. <laughs> wait, wait. Wait, what? Wait, hold, hold, hold up. Are those... F what the hell? <laughs> oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> So, there seems to be an entire group of people, what I first thought to be a pile of limbs, after the monster did something, said something, I think they branded the creature. Right, no swearing, no swearing, no swearing. Uh, the creature became docile. It and the line of people, all of which were crying silently, were led down a hall. That's where they are now. It seems that uh, these people below the buffs are rather barbaric. I can't really see what's going on, but I hear high-pitched sounds, and I think the creature is sobbing. All right, uh, some action seems to be happening. I'll report to you after the scene. <laughs> Well, that, that is a lot of blood. I don't get paid enough for this, <laughs> not at all. Okay. Uh, the entire group of people, including the creature called a scientist, are dead. Creatures, which I believe to be bats, flew in and started to attack the people. There were a few premature screams. The people were ripped apart, and from what I can tell in the dim lighting, they were devoured by the bats. After that, there was no motion for a while, and I detached the camera and audio because I did not want to look at the bloodstains, and I do not like the sound of bone crunching. There is a report on my desk in front of me regarding the kidnapping of the cooks and some of them returning home. There is a statement about traffic, the weather, upcoming events. There are angry letters from Don't Dream and Stars Are Non-Existent from Celia and Robert. There is a lot of stuff on my desk. I know in previous airings, even this one, I may have seemed almost trivial, whether it be complaining about Celia or Gerard with my coffee, speaking with informal language, things of that like. I know the joke of me hating my job has spread, and I know I can seem artificial, I suppose. This was a massacre, plain and simple. Others may wish that I don't speak of it, or if I do, I dismiss it quickly. After all, it's a city that doesn't concern us, correct? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. We are aloof up here between the clouds. We think we're fine up here, and maybe we are. But once we descend, problems occur, whether it's one of us, like Celia, getting tested on for being herself, or the rivalries between different floating cities. We normalize falling and the fights between the stations. We make hatred, indifference, and disinterest commonplace. We act like it's all okay out there, and it's even better up here inherently, so why complain? What is there to fix? I think it's time to wake up. I know that this information will get twisted as it gets passed around, but we need to wake up. Truly. We're not better. Better is not turning the cheek when something like this literally right happens right under our noses. Better is not assuming that every new plate, every new place is a threat. And yes, I'm talking to you, Robert. We need to wake up and we need to act. And maybe by going down to the city, finding out what's wrong and trying to fix it would be the first step. Maybe it would. And we should do that. I would say sweet dreams, but I won't. We close our eyes at the first sign of the dark and fear what it brings. It's time to embrace it, viewers. What we become and what we are is not shameful. So stay awake, viewers, and stay alert. Something tells me that reparations aren't going to happen smoothly. Number 138. Uniqueness is a threat. Change is a threat. Any difference of any kind is a threat. Dark Below the Bluffs, this is your government radio. Citizens, it is that time again. Yes, it is time for the monthly federal inspection of your homes and the celebration of the new month. Time to get ready for our lovely little tradition to hail in the new month, where police storm your home, Go through all your belongings, and if you own anything not on the federal checklist for allowed belongings, you will be immediately arrested, and on the stroke of the gong that marks the end of the month, you will be sacrificed to the bats in the cave. So take my humble advice, citizens, and start going through your belongings. For your convenience, and because I have been ordered to do so, I shall read out the checklist for allowed personal belongings. <clears throat> One door, easy for a police boot to kick down. One potted plant. Three saucepans. 12 blunted spoons, knives, and forks, two beds, four blankets, three pairs of shirts, pants, underwear per occupant, all gray, 20 items of necessary toiletries, one toilet, one metal basin, one child, two towels, one umbrella, one cat, all for defense purposes, one alarm pole, already installed, one table, one blindfold per occupant, federally regulated, one telephone, one broom, non-magic, one periscope, and one radio, federally regulated. If you have, in your homes, anything that differs from this list, well, I hope you had a good life. And if not, well, it won't be bothering you for much longer. And what better way to end a life than sacrifice to the bats in the cave? On that note, citizens, I have exciting news. We have our very first guest on the show today. 
Would you like to introduce yourself, ma'am? Yes, hello. My name is Jesse Scott. And what do you do, Jesse? I am the head caretaker of the bats to which all cons are sacrificed to hail in each new month. Oh, how exciting! Tell me, what is the hardest part of your job as head caretaker? Oh, well, that's an easy one. Washing them. You wash them? Of course! We can't have our government's bats looking like scruffy dogs from the street. How do you go about this? Well, first off, the five other caretakers and I draw straws. The two shortest straws are selected for the process and are given half an hour to call their loved ones and settle their affairs. Then they are prepared. They don yellow rubber suits, black gloves, ski goggles, and helmets. Then they are given a pair of high-pressure hoses, very large sponges, and many buckets of soapy water. Then they are sent into the cave. Wait, you, you send them in there? But of course! How else are we supposed to ensure that they are cleaned in the most gentle and thorough way possible? Anyways, the two chosen ones enter the cave, where the bats await. I'm not quite sure what happens after that, since the rest of the caretakers and I then run away with our hands clapped over our ears. And then the bats get cleaned? I mean, I assume so. The only people to see the bats never seem to really be able to relay the information. Which brings me to another point. Do you mind if I plug something quickly? Of course. Go right ahead. Thanks. Are you out of a job, in a job, and want to be in a different one? Do you enjoy adventure? Consider being a caretaker of the government's sacred bats. Free room and board, work just two days a month, and, most exciting, the chance to work with the bats. Only... Two spots available, so hurry to grab this amazing opportunity. No applications, no interviews. We'll take anyone. So just come on down to the cave to join us. Take a chance. That does sound like an amazing opportunity. I, I do, however, have this radio show to stick with. Thanks for coming on the show. I didn't have much of a choice. I know, but thanks anyway. You're welcome, I guess. Moving on, citizens. I see that the same doofus has decided to put in yet another time slot for the non-existent weather and traffic reports. So, you know what? I would just make something up. Let's start with the weather. Well, citizens, outside it looks cloudy with a chance of hamsters. So make sure to have those umbrellas up to avoid being brained with a falling one-ounce ball of fluff and meat. On to traffic. Yep, looks like a lot of cars out there today. Bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, far as the eye can see. Sans a single driver. Yep, there appears to be an infestation of sentient ghost cars clogging the streets. There's no speculation on how to solve this problem, since there is no problem, since I made this up. Happy? Honestly. Citizens, the time of the sacrifice is coming! Crowds have gathered at safe distances around the cave, and the condemned are stood in a semicircle at the entrance. A damp, malevolent draft comes from the cave, carrying with it the dull reek of something dark and not understood. God, I love the citizens. The tension and excitement in the air. That bond that grows between us as we look upon the condemned and remember the benefits of compliance. I have a list here of the condemned being sacrificed. <clears throat> August Christiany, offense, sipping his soda too loudly near an officer of the law. Jane Skye, offense, seen driving a car when cars were clearly declared non-existent like ages ago. Freddie Mercury, offense, singing too loudly in the shower. Amelie Van Brusen, offense, roaring down her street on her motorcycle at 5 o'clock in the morning. Does the woman have no soul? Frank, offense, blatant disregard for authority and misconduct of airtime. Why does that sound? <clears throat> Anywho, moving on. Gertrude Willis, offense, parking in a towaway zone. Denny Harris, offense, possessing a turtle. Carlos Lopez, offense, possessing a gumball machine. 
Zach Briard and Sandra Briard fence possessing 21 items of necessary toiletries. Josiah Brett offense possessing a non-federally federally regulated blindfolds and a magic broom. Y'all should have listened to the list more closely. And finally, Owen Wilson, Jessica Farrows, and Tilda Swinton. Offense? Classified. Huh. Citizens, the time is nigh. The government has allowed me to bring my mobile recording devices along with me to the new month celebration, since attendance is mandatory and I still have to do my job. The gong has been raised to the top of the clockless clock tower, and the gong striker, dressed in the traditionally garish lime-colored three-piece suit, is poised at the ready. The state official timekeeper stood next to him, her eyes keen on the one legal and existent watching dark below the bluffs. The condemned shiver, facing the dark, foreboding entrance of the cave, no doubt regretting their previous foolish actions. The three official executioners have stepped forward, carrying their meter sticks and wearing their traditional somber yellow cloaks and masks. Dark below the bluffs holds its breath, and as the timekeeper slowly raises our flag, the gong striker starts beating a rhythm, and as one, our proud city, raises our clasped hands to the sky in tribute to our reigning government. We are yours, and we are one, we chant. We are yours, and we are one. The chant glows, grows louder and faster, louder and faster, then comes to a sudden and complete silence as a figure steps out onto the tower. And it is her. Her. The head, the queen, the monarch, the ruler of Dark Below the Bluffs, the divine, the sacred, the mayor. She raises a bejeweled hand, and the population of Dark Below the Bluffs is frozen in spellbound wonder. She does not say a word, she just lowers her hand to the rail of the tower and begins to beat out a rhythm on the metal. It is a slow but steady beat that the gong striker then mimics on the gong. The executioners move forward toward the condemned with the meter sticks, and the crowd starts counting up to the end of the month. One. Two. Three, four, eight. what's that? It sounds a little, oh my god, oh my god. Citizens, it is the disturbing siren at the mysterious portal. Take cover, take cover for your lives. Oh crap, there's, there's nowhere, there's no cover to take. The city of dark below the bluffs cowers in fear. It's a small white object appears in the distance, moving closer very rapidly from the direction of the mysterious portal. It is coming closer and closer, and now it is right above us, and citizens, is that a scientist? Oh my god, it's being carried by that alien creature. Screams are screamed, pandemonium breaks out, and as people push and shove to be far away from this nightmare as possible. The gong striker lifts the gong to shield the mayor, the timekeeper cowers behind them, the condemned cower under the executioners, the police crouch in formation and take aim, but before they can fire... The creature drops the scientist, then flies away, faster than it had come, and disappears. Not a sound, except for the mewling of the scientist, collapsed in the dirt at the center of a circle of terrified citizens. It slowly sits up, looking as helpless as an abandoned baby bird fallen out of its nest. Then the police move forward and seize the scientist by its lab coat. They turn to look up at the mayor, who has emerged from under the gong, she raises her hand, points to the scientist, then points to the cave. The scientist 
screams and kicks as the police drag it toward the cave and push it through the entrance swiftly with the other condemned. There's a sound of many leathery wings and tearing. Just one high-pitched scream that is then ended abruptly. Police are now directing citizens to their homes, and I am being escorted back to this station. Thusly is the end of the month celebration ended. Well, citizens, I'm... I'm sorry, I just need a minute to process this. That scientist, it, it must have been that scientist that was carried away so long ago by that same horrible creature. I must admit, I was rather hoping for its safe return, but apparently the mayor was not. Oh, I have, I have a notice to read here, and let's see, yes, it's from the speaker of the mayor, and it reads, It is our deepest regret that the scientist had to be executed so brutishly during the festivals today, but due to its manner of arrival, it was considered a security threat to the city, and so had to be dealt with immediately. We are sorry for the inconvenience and wish to inform you that even so much as thinking about this incident is henceforth illegal. That will be all. Well, citizens, I guess that is a fair reason. After all, who knows what could have happened to that scientist or where it could have been. Better safe than sorry, right? <clears throat> Anywho, I'm not supposed to be talking about any of this anyway. So I think that all there is left to say is, Happy New Month, citizens. May you survive it. Remember, stay loyal. Always comply, and until the next broadcast, stay safe, citizens. Stay safe. <laughs>